Well, grace to you all in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus, who comes to be born among us and dies on the cross and in the power of our Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is Advent, and Advent is about waiting. And the hardest thing about waiting is it feels like you're not doing anything. And waiting can seem twice as hard when you're very young. I mean, do you remember uh, as adults when you were a child, it always seemed like Christmas was taking forever, or your birthday, or the end of school. It just seemed like it would never arrive. Even as adults today, I think we have an ever-shrinking attention span. The wealth of our technology allows us to access virtually anything we want, any time we want. And everything we want, we want it fast. We love that speed, especially that technological speed. I mean, if a web page takes more than 10 seconds to load, you're saying, are you kidding? What's wrong with my internet? If you have to wait more than five seconds for your printer to to start printing that document, you go, what's wrong with this printer? And we live with regrets as well. Wait to let yourself cool down before we send that email, before we post something on that social media, that rant that we have. Are you kidding? We don't wait. It's go, go, go. If anyone needs to learn the Advent virtue of waiting upon the Lord, maybe it's us. You know, Virtually the only things we haven't been able to speed up is the, or shorten are our ba- basic biological functions or processes. You know, it still takes nine months to have a baby, whether we want to wait that long or not. And so if we want to be with Mary in her journey toward giving birth to Jesus, we need to settle into the long haul. We've already been busy doing other things for the first eight months, and now in her last month of pregnancy, which... If you ask a woman in the pregnancy, is often her most difficult. You just want it over with. But here we are, four weeks, a month away from Advent giving birth to Christmas, our last month of this gestation. Our scripture from Isaiah today has an interesting take on waiting. Here's the thing. This year has brought a sharp relief about the fragility of our own lives, when everything is about what we can handle, what we can do with our own selves, reminds us that we're just not enough to endure the challenges of this world. And Isaiah's cry, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, is kind of our cry. God, will you just show up and do something? You know, like you showed up and rescued the people of Israel out of Egypt. We want God to come. But like those people, when they were in the wilderness, the the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, and God didn't seem to be showing up, they built their own golden calves. We kind of fall into that category, whether it be who our celebrities are or our political champion, whoever it is, we elevate them right up there as someone who can save us. We know what it's like to wait for God. Oh, yes. 
We wait for God to explain why a family member died too young. We wait for God to open a path out of a relationship so that there might be new healing. We wait for God to open a door back into a faith community where we've been hurt by the church just too many times. And of course, virtually this entire year has been a time of waiting and watching. We've waited during the lockdowns and the quarantines. We've waited on masks and respirators and toilet paper. We've waited on test results for the coronavirus, wondering, are we positive or not? We've waited endless months, not able to visit our loved ones who are in hospitals and nursing homes in order to protect them. We've waited for our kids going back to school and waited to see if our jobs would still hold out during this crisis. We've waited for unemployment checks and we've waited for the stimulus checks. We waited in line to vote and waited to see if our mail-in ballots went through. And then we waited for the results of the election. And even now we're waiting for a vaccine. Eight months it's been that we've waited and longed and dreamt of the day when we could walk into a crowded store unafraid of infection. When we can waltz into an auditorium or a stadium and take in some entertainment. And boy, do I long, and I know you as well, when we can reassemble in our familiar church home for our time of prayer and praise and thanksgiving. In the old ways that were familiar and are comfortable to us. 2020, this year has been nothing but a year of waiting, and we are so tired of waiting. This fast has gone on far longer than we imagined. We miss the way it was a year ago. I don't know about you, but I get these year-ago pictures from, on my phone, and I long to say, oh, could I be with family again? And the longer this waiting is prolonged, the more irritated we become. Our tempers get just a little bit less short. And we see less value in the abstinence. Perhaps we're better equipped now than ever before to understand that repeated biblical mantra of waiting upon the Lord. The good news. The good news for us is that God is working for us as we are waiting for God. Where it, Mark intentionally is retelling of Jesus' apocalyptic parable points, says that this parable works on these kind of two levels. First, it is Jesus' message that God will at some point come to right all wrongs, to settle all accounts, to restore the creation. We long for that moment. I know I do. But the second is to tie that redemption action not so much to a future and some cataclysmical event, but rather to wed it to God's surprising, even hidden appearance in the breaking in of Jesus as the babe in the manger and as our Savior on the cross. In fact, Mark, I don't know if you heard it, towards the end of the gospel reading, involves four time stamps. He goes, evening, midnight, cock crow, and dawn. 
They are the outline of the passion narrative that's about to commence. Gathering of his disciples at evening for that last meal. Betrayal and arrest at midnight out in the garden with the torches. Denied at cock's crow and sentenced to death at dawn. And Mark uses this verb to render or tear asunder only twice in his gospel. One is when Jesus' baptism, when the Spirit comes down upon him. And then the rendering of the curtain in the temple at Jesus' death. So according to Mark, when will the day and hour of God's unveiling and appearing be? Not so much at the end of time, but on the cross. The very time the religious authorities mocked it, the bystanders dismissed it, and even the disciples missed it. Yet in that small broken figure of Jesus on the cross, God was at work rending to pieces all that would divide us from God, all that could finally close the gap between what we deserve and what God wants to give us. And there, on the cross, God promising to be with us and for us and through us in all things. Because at the heart of the Christmas story is a promise that God not only came in the small and vulnerable form of a baby born to poor and frightened parents, but God keeps coming in small and vulnerable and unexpected ways right now. In fact, each time we reach out to another in love, God is once again invading the kingdoms and structures of this world with God's radical and transformative presence and grace. In this season of Advent, we're actually doing two kinds of spiritual waiting. We're waiting for the coming of the Christ child on Christmas Day, December 25th. That glorious moment of incarnation when God comes to be with us in human form. A fixed endpoint that we know ahead of time. But we're also doing another kind of waiting. Waiting for the signs of the incarnation in our own lives. We're waiting to see that new and next way that God will manifest in our own individual time and place. The fulfilling of our plea, God, will you just show up? God is with us. But where and how? That's how we keep company with Mary, as those watchful sentinels on the lookout for the new revelation waiting to be discovered among us each and every day. Patience is a hard-earned virtue, and many of us are deeply weary by all this waiting we've had to do. All the times that we've had to say no to ourselves, to our children this year in order to stay safe and keep others safe. It might feel like 2020 was a year out of time. A time that was completely wasted and empty of anything. But it's not true. Was this time really wasted? Mary's time of waiting was almost as long as ours has been. We're eight months. What has been blossoming and growing in your heart during this time of waiting? What new thing is ready to be born in your household or in our spiritual community? Because we've all been forced to slow down and really ask what is most important in our lives, in our families, in our congregation. 
How has your family found new strengths and graces? By that call to adapt and the sudden multiplication of time together (laughs) and the new challenges of work and school. Mary's time of waiting was to a purpose. It had a goal, an end. She faithfully pursued it with God's help. And as you reflect, I want you to reflect on your waiting this year. What has God grown in you? What will be the gift that you now offer this world this Christmas as Mary did? It takes awake and alert eyes to see the grace in the midst of the suffering that we have endured. You see, this not only transforms how we approach and experience Christmas, but also how we look at our lives in the world. Let me ask you, what small things can we do in love through which God's presence and redemption are revealed? What small things can you do this week? What small gestures might you offer that signify our trust that God is with us and that God is for us? What small sacrifices might you make this week? I mean, we've already made sacrifices by not gathering with others. But what other sacrifices might provide opportunity to see God still at work, loving and blessing God's people in this world? Remember, whenever and wherever we act in love, God is present. The good news is that the slow, necessary at times painful work of being changed and being made ready for incarnation isn't just up to us alone. God is the agent of our transformation as we wait. Knowing that reminds us that we don't have to figure this all out on our own. That Holy Spirit is coming to call, gather, enlighten, sanctify. That there is peace and comfort in the truth. That as that waiting crawls by, our scripture today says this. I hope you heard it. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are the work of your hands. We are God's work of art, being painstakingly shaped into the vessel of incarnation that will bring the presence of Christ to the world. You are a masterpiece, and masterpieces take time. And Paul, too, reminds us what we, might most, what we need most to hold on to during this long, weary days of waiting for grace. He says, you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end. Will you take a moment to think back on these last eight months and see the strength with which you have endured the trials? Can you see the creativity in which our spiritual community, our congregation sought to walk together in brand new ways? Think of all the ways in which there was a call to justice and peace. Even when our society has been one of the most divided times that we remember. And know that it has all led to this. The season of Advent. A time of upheaval. A time of waiting. A time of change, a time of pause, a time of grace, a time of truth. And so we pray and we stick together and we love one another and we wait upon the Lord 
And Isaiah, that great prophet of the Advent season, announces this beautiful gift of grace when Isaiah says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Your strength is being renewed as we watch, as we wait, as we look, and as we listen to the promise that whenever and wherever we act in love, God is present. The good news this Advent season is that the Christ child grew up to embrace all of our longings and experience all aspects of our life together. God knows our suffering. God knows our shortness and how hard it is to wait. But today, God is whispering in your ear and mine, Emmanuel, I am with you. Thanks be to God. Amen.